Republic there. Isn't that cool? So again, welcome Pastor Pedro up to the platform. Hello, everyone. God bless you. How are you guys doing? I am very excited to be here. As Pastor Mike was saying, we have a great Dominican connection. And I want to honor the men of God and the women of God, Pastor Mike and, and, and Pastor Maria. They've been a tremendous blessing to the, Dominican, to the Dominicans and, and to the Haitians. And, and I believe the best is yet to come for your lives. So I want to celebrate their lives. And I want you to clap your hands for the glory of God for this amazing couple. Pastor Michael and Pastor Maria. And allow me to tell you, you are in the right church. Amen? Just tell your neighbor, I am in the right church. Hallelujah. If I would be living here in Jericho, I would definitely attend to this church. So thank you very much, Pastor Mike, for hosting me. And thank you, every one of you who came this morning. Uh, thanks to those that does not attend to this church, but attend to other churches and, and, and came to, to hear me uh, this morning. I believe there's something greater for you this morning. And I believe God is about to pour out the greatest blessings ever into your life. As you know, uh, my name is Pedro Luis, and I'm the senior pastor of Comunidad de la Fe, which is Faith Community Church in downtown Puerto Plata. And I had the honor to have Pastor Mike as the very first preacher in our new church. And it was amazing what God did through him, the, the sermon that he spoke and the prophecies that came through him. And one of the prophecies that I remember that he spoke was that this tiny church, this small church, was going to be an international church. And when God was telling us that prophecy through him, I was kind of, what? Such a tiny church. We just, we don't, we don't even have... Uh, money for that. And suddenly, a few months later, God gave us a favor, and the sermon that I speak on Sunday is being recorded and edited and is coming out of New York through Aliento Vision for 21 different countries. So that prophecy came to pass right away, and we give glory to God for Pastor Mike allowing the Holy Ghost to use him. Amen? So, receive greetings from my wife, uh, Pastor Alba. I believe she's online now watching this, this, this sermon. Pastor Alba, te amo. I love you, Pastor Alba. And my kids are watching too. Abby, Amiel, and Abiel. I have three boys. Is, is, is there anyone related to me? I have three boys. Raise the hands, the men that have more than two boys. Let me tell you, this is to have three men in my house plus me with four. This is terrible. <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's incredible energy in the house. So we were expecting to have a, a girl, but we couldn't. So I shut down that industry right away. <laughs> I told the doctor, we got to shut it down because I don't want to have a fourth boy. So we are enough now, four boys in the house. Uh, and they're great children. They are amazing. They love God. Uh, right now, Pastor Alba is uh, leading the church while I'm preaching here. And God is doing something amazing. So let's go to the scripture right away. Um, the sermon that God, the words that God put in my heart for you is based on Luke chapter Chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 through verse 1 through 13. And if I go long enough, please do like this. Look. Yeah. 
I wouldn't be offended, okay? Uh, Luke chapter 11. When you have it, you just can say amen, okay? Amen. It says like this. Luke chapter 11 from verse 1 through 13. And he says, And it came about that while he was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed by thy name, thy kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, And he said to them, Suppose one of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he shall answer and say, Do not bother me, the door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this amazing opportunity. I thank you for these great people listening this morning. I thank you for the pastors of this house. I beg you, God, that while I'm preaching, your angels start walking around and doing according to your will. I ask you, God, that while I speak your word, healing and miracles happen. If there's any special request that has to do with the health of any of them, they might be touched. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. The title that I have this morning is Praying with Power. Praying with Power. And I believe that the reasons why many of us don't get results through our prayers is because we're not expecting anything to happen when we pray. So it is really important to expect a response from God when you pray. And circumstances negative experiences in the past sometimes redefined our expectations. And we learn to expect negative things instead. We turn on the news on TV, all we see is negative reports. Sometimes we go on social media and all we see is negative, uh, negative posts, negative messages, and, and most of the time, that redefined our expectancy. So this morning, I want you to start expecting that God is going to work through your prayers. I want you to start changing your expectations. Instead of expecting failures, expect God to work. Instead of expecting a bad news, start expecting a good news from heaven. It amazes me that the disciples had seen Jesus raising the dead. It amazes me that the disciples had seen Jesus walking on the water. It amazes me that the disciples had seen Jesus cleaning the leper. It amazes me that the disciples had seen Jesus turning wine into turning water into wine. And it amazes me even more that the disciples, Pastor Mike, instead of asking Jesus, teach us to make miracles. 
they asked him, teach us how to pray. So there's something amazing that the disciples experienced through the life of prayer of Jesus that they did not experience by seeing the miracles. Because if I were with Jesus, imagine this, if I were walking with Jesus, I would have never asked him to teach me how to pray. Honestly, I would have asked him, teach me how to make miracles. Teach me how to clean the lepers. Teach me how to, how to walk on the water. Teach me how to, be, how to be a prophet. Teach me all these supernatural things. But they said, teach us how to pray. And let me tell you this. John the Baptist had taught his disciples how to pray before Jesus. John's Baptist disciples, they knew how to pray. And Jesus' disciples heard what was happening in their lives through prayer. That's why they said, you, you got to teach us something. You got to teach us how to pray because we want to go further. We want to reach out more. We want to see something greater. We want to see the glory of God. Because it's by, pray, it's by praying that you can get what is impossible to get through human efforts. Only through prayer, we can obtain those things that circumstances said it is impossible to get. And this is what I see in Luke chapter 11. I see a great uh, uh, revelation. And one of the things that I see in Luke chapter 11 is everything that we need as disciples. Everything that the church needs is included in chapter 11. In the first, in the first verse, in verse 22, uh, when Jesus said, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. It is talking about worship. It is talking about praising God. Because in order for your prayer to be effective, you need to praise God. Instead of beginning your prayer through asking for stuff, start praising God. And when you begin praising God through your prayer, the angels come down and they start praising God together with you. When you start praising God, the presence of God spread out wherever you are. And that's why in the second verse, they say, thy kingdom come. Because the only way that the kingdom of God come is through the praises and worship that we had previous to this sermon. How many of you say amen? amen. When you praise God, when you praise God, something amazing happens. I say that in order for us to see what we really need, that only God knows what we really need. What you really need is not what you're sensing like a need. It has happened to me many times. I think I need this. But then I realized through the time that I didn't really need that, but God knew what I was needing. So through praises, God allow you to see the real spiritual need that you have. Then God allow you to see what you really need. And this is a question for you. What do you really need? Because many times we are entertained in that prayer request. That doesn't align with our God's destiny. So then I said, a purpose-driven prayer. It's a prayer that has a purpose. Because it's a prayer that is aligned with heaven. And in chapter 11, the prayer that Jesus is teaching his disciples is not a common prayer. It's a prayer aligned with heaven. It's a prayer aligned with the purpose of God. And it's a prayer... It's a prayer...
that will bring results to your life. Tell your neighbor, my prayer... Tell your neighbor, my prayer will bring results because it's aligned with the purpose of God. And if it's aligned with the purpose of God, anything will happen. So we have in the first verses, uh, praises, and then in the other verse, in chapter 11, give us each day our daily bread. What I see here is, I see provision. There's enough provision in heaven for you. There is nothing that you need that is not deposited in heaven. We have everything all type of resources available for us on heaven and we claim it through this prayer and we pull it down through this prayer and we see the glory of God. Give us our daily bread. There's provision available for you in Jesus' name. What do you need right now? I might not know. I don't know what you really need. But God knows what you need. And he cares about your prayer request. Your prayer request. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. And in verse 4 it says, And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. There's no way that you and me can experience the fullness of God unless we have a forgiving spirit. Jesus could not speak about prayer. He couldn't teach about prayer without making sure that his disciples know the importance of of forgiven. And this is one of the major reasons why we get stuck and we don't see the results of our prayer life because we don't forgive. A woman that is able to forgive is a woman that when she knocks the doors of heaven, she gets anything she wants. A man who is able to forgive is a man that, has, that, that he hasn't yet kneeled He's already got the blessings from heavens. Because we are praying to who? We are praying to our Heavenly Father. And our Heavenly Father, He has forgiven us already. So how can we dare to come to the presence of God and pray without being able to forgive our neighbor? And this is, I think this is one of the most important things in this sermon. That we as believers, we forgive every day. We forgive every second. We forgive every hour. Because forgiveness is not a day thing. Forgiveness is a thing for every day. In our daily basis, we have to offer forgiveness to, to the people. Even though people you don't know. They're offended with you. How many of you have gone through this? Some people they're offended with us. And we're the last person to know. That they're offended to us. I, did, I didn't know you were offended. So we forgive. Even those people. That we don't know. They're offended. Because of. Anything that we did without knowing we were doing it. And very important to forgive yourself. You cannot expect to be forgiven if you don't forgive yourself. Some of us that have been struggling in our past, hey, that's in the past. That's way long time ago. You need to get over it, 
Forget about it because you have a new life in Jesus Christ. And there are thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people that they come into church, but they're still struggling with that past issue, something they did, yes, terrible, very bad. And they still having that bitterness and reminding that sinful stuff, reminding about the, the, the reasons why they had that failure, why they had uh, that problem. Forget about it because God already forgot about it. God already forgot about us. So why you have to, why you need to have that in your mind hitting you? Don't be so bad with yourself. Come on, come on now. Embrace God's forgiveness and forget about what happened in the past because behold, there's a new life that you have because you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And what does that mean? It means that what God has for you is brand new. I'm going to say it again. What God has for you is brand new. He got, he got something new for you. He got a new blessing for you. He got a new open door for you. He got a new opportunity for you. But we have to embrace Forgiveness, forgive others, forgive ourselves, and accept God's forgiveness for our lives because He loves us too much. Amen? And He says, and we, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. There's no way to receive God's forgiveness unless we release forgiveness into our Neighbors, and he said, and lead us not into temptation. And this is talking about a special covering, a special covering that we receive as believers in a daily basis. You know, temptations. We're all we're going we're we're going through temptation somehow. So we need God's protection, and we get we need God's covering so that we don't we don't fail into that into that uh, temptation. Then what, what, what to expect when we pray? And let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, verse uh, 14. When you have a say, Amen. Second Chronicles 7, chapter 14 says, And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Verse 15 says, Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place, we need to humble ourselves. When we go to pray, we need to get rid of the pride. We need to get rid of any, anything that is not according to God's plan. Let's come to the presence of God with a humble spirit. It was a great time for Solomon as, as he was... He was uh, anointed to be uh, the new king. And whatever would happen from that day on would be really important. So God made sure that Solomon knew that the key so that we can expect greater things is to be humble in the presence of God. How many of you say amen? And he's talking about his people. He's asking us to humble ourselves and this word. This word, humble, which is humillarse in Spanish, comes from this Hebrew word that is kauna, which means to go on your knees. But it's not meaning to go on our knees like physically. It means to go on our knees with our spirit, with our soul, from the inside. Amen? 
Because it doesn't matter how many times you go on your knees. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church. It doesn't matter how many good works you do. If we don't humble ourselves, we're doing nothing. So the most important factor here is to humble ourselves. To humble ourselves through worship. To humble ourselves through prayer, to humble ourselves, through serving one another, to humble ourselves, through traveling, doing missions for the Lord, because that humbling spirit is what will make the difference in our lives. And he said, when this happened, then I will hear from heaven. Hey, he wants to do something greater in your life. And he wants to hear you, but we need to humble ourselves. Tell your neighbor with your with a big smile, we need to humble ourselves. Yes, yes. We need to humble ourselves to see something major happening in our church, to see something major happening in our families, to see something major happening in our state, to see something different, something major happening in our nations. We need to humble ourselves. And then he said, I will hear you. I will hear from heaven. Number one, he will hear. That means he will pay attention. That means he will work for you. That means he will act. And then he said, and I will forgive your sin. And he's talking again about forgiveness. I will forgive. When? When we humble ourselves. And he also say, and I will heal their land. Healing will happen when we humble ourselves. And it's not talking only about physical healing. It's also talking about a spiritual healing. Some of us that are hurt inside. And I was talking with a friend of mine. I was telling them, you know, the, the physical diseases are not as terrible as the invisible diseases. And he was telling me, what do you mean by that? I said, those hurt that we have inside, nobody see it. There's no doctor on this planet that is able to see the hurt inside that we carry. We might have a smiling faces with broken hearts. We might have a smiling faces with destroyed souls, destroyed hearts. And I was telling them, when you go to the doctor and he sees your physical, your physical needs, your physical disease, you know, he gives you a prescription and he makes a plan so that he can, uh, you know, heal you through the process, through medicine, through, through this, through that. But when you have an inner disease, something that only God can see it, there's no way you can get help unless it is coming from God. So let's occupy ourselves to be healed from the inside. Hairs that were created through our childhood. Hairs that were created through a, through a wrong relationship. Hairs that were created through traumas, through, through accidents, through emotional uh, situations. But God wants to heal us from the inside out. And I know he, he is working right now. It is not a coincidence that many of you are here because he brought you so that you could embrace that eternal and abundant forgiveness. And that from now on, you can start living a life of victory because this is what it's about in the, in this prayer in Luke chapter 11. It is a prayer of victory. It's not a prayer of defeat. It's a prayer of open doors. It's a prayer of provision. It's a prayer of salvation. And it's a prayer of supernatural power of God who is available for each one of us. You can stand up. Hallelujah. You can stand up now. Let's uh, pray in this moment. I want to pray uh, for some of you. Amen and amen and amen. Catalyst Church, thank you so much. I love you. Pastor Mike, thank you.
Wow. You know what? You know how you translate that? Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Um, it's interesting because uh, this whole prayer thing, everything that, that we do, if we're not in prayer, if we're not humbling ourselves before God, if we're not remembering that He is the one who does it all, it's not us, it's not about us, it's about Him. Um, even, even as we go forward and out of here today, let's, let's make sure that we are hearing the word that he brought, and that is humbling ourselves uh, internally. Because you can, it's funny, because you can externally humble yourself in pride. If you're in a, if you're in a church service, in a religious service, you can go, I am so spiritual. No, no, that's not humbling yourself. Humbling yourself has nothing to do with what I see. It has to do with what God sees. So humble yourselves before him and, and lay yourself out before him and, and surrender your very life to him. Because he has made a promise. This is the ultimate promise. He says it this way. He says, he who is willing to give, he who lays down his life for my sake will receive life. Now, he laid his, down, his life down for us. So our response is, when we give up our life, he gives us new life. And the life that we give up, we can't keep anyhow. You and I are going to die. And that, that physical life, that, 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 that psyche thing, I mean, that whole, that whole soul stuff, when we lay that down, we get what's, what he calls Zoe life, which is eternal life. And I think many people have, have heard from churches that you get eternal life when you die. Wrong. You get eternal life when you die spiritually and give your life to Jesus. It begins here and now, not then and there. And, and when you get that new life in you, here, here's another thing that people have heard. When you give your life to Jesus, everything's going to get better. Everything's going to be rosy. No. That is a, a, a really good marketing tool to get people to say a little prayer. Uh, it's not about that. Your life may actually get worse for a season. Just be real with you, because um, I don't want people to respond to, to him emotionally. I want them to count the cost and say, you know what, I have, I've come to the end of myself, or I've tried and tried for years and years, and there's just, I just can't do it. There's nothing left. And you come to the place where you say, Jesus, have mercy on me. I believe that you died for my sins and, and you promised to give me a new life. You promised to send your Holy Spirit to empower me so that I could live the life you've called me to live. And when that happens, you're, you're still going to go through trials and tribulations. He promised it, actually. But you're not going through it alone anymore. And you get this, you get this perspective change. Because when we think eternal, everything that happens in this life is so temporal. I mean, it's, it's for a very short time. If you live a long time in this life, you're living to be 100 years old. A long, I mean, that's ancient of days. But eternity in comparison is, is like, wow. And it's not just about eternity, but even your life here. You know, if you, if you sell out to Jesus, I mean, really sell out. I mean... Anybody ever played Texas Hold'em poker? Nobody wants to admit it. Come on. <laughs> I have, not for big money, but, you know. So when you've got a good hand, you go all in. Even when you don't have a good hand, sometimes you bluff. But you go all in, and when you're all in, that's it. If you lose that hand, you're out. You're done. You've lost it all. But if you win, you've won big. And I'm telling you that you're going to lose unless you go all in. Unless you go all in, you're not going to win. But if you go all in, he will meet you every step of the way. Yes, stuff is still going to happen. Uh, Pastor Todd Callahan said something was at a conference this week that, that really was revelatory to me. Uh, and it shouldn't have been, but it was. I mean, sometimes you just get this zinger. I got a zinger. And that zinger was, God knows. Now, this is pretty simple. God knows the beginning from the end. And I've heard that before. But I never really thought about it. He starts at the end, not at the beginning. He knows the beginning from the end. So he's standing at the end, looking backwards, and he's saying, I, don't worry about it, I got it all covered. And the first thing that came to my mind is, is my, my awesome, wonderful Avery and Jen and Isabella and all of that that happened. And it's like, wow, this revelation, this light bulb went off in my head. I don't understand all of that. I, 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 would, I wouldn't even dare to guess. Why that stuff happens. Why does bad stuff happen? I have no idea. But I know this. My God knows the beginning from the end. 
He knows the end of the story, and he's promised that, that if you love him and you're called according to his purpose, it will all work out for your good. Now, he knows that because he already knows. This isn't a guess for him. He's not, it's not like, whoa, I hope it all works out. No, he already knows how it works out. So today, if you don't know him, give your life to him. I mean, it doesn't have to be some religious expression. You know, you don't have to learn King James English. You just go to him and you just talk to him and you say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I don't even know what all that means, but I just give my life to you. And I, I just ask you to come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live a life that you've called me to live. And thank you, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy that's forgiven me, that's, that's released me from the death that I owe. And the new life that you've given me, I just want to walk it out because I love you. I love you. So God, even now, as we close, I pray that the people in this room would be, would be in that place, whether it's the first time or, or maybe they've taken their life back, because sometimes we do that, that, that we would surrender our lives to you, that you would allow us to come in to, to empower us, to change us, to, to change our hearts and our minds and to heal us from all those broken things that Pastor Pedro talked about. That we would no longer be hurting on the inside and smiling on the outside, but we'd be, have the joy of the Lord within us so that it comes out in the midst of everything. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hello, Thanksgiving. I'm pretty, uh, very uh, excited to be here with you. And I bring greetings from Dominican, Dominican Republic, especially from the city of Puerto Plata. That's the city where God gave me the honor to be the, the senior pastor of Comunidad de la Fe, uh, faith community, which has been the second church that God has given me the honor to plant in a period of five years. So I want to thank you on behalf of the church for the long-term uh, relationship through the years. It's been many years since God brought me to your life. Amen? Amen. So I don't feel like a guest here. I belong to Thanksgiving family. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go real quick to the, to the Bible. Let's turn in 1 John, 1 John chapter 4 through verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 20, 21. When you have it, you may say, Amen. Amen. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Say it with me. God is love. Say it again. God is love. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this amazing opportunity to be able to speak to your people. I beg you, Lord, that during the sermon, if there's anybody sick, that Jesus heal him. If there's anyone going through any sort of depression, that the Holy Ghost bring the joy of the salvation. If there's anyone going through any necessity, I beg you, God, that you touch in the areas that they need. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen and amen. And the subject that I have for you is... Embracing the love of God. Embracing the love of God. One time I was leading an evangelistic outreach, and in one of the, of the homes, one of the houses, I met a man named Julian. Julian is 71 years old. While I was trying to tell 
Julian about Jesus, while I was trying to tell Julian about the gospel, Julian interrupted me, and he began to tell me how much he knows about the Bible. I was amazed by his knowledge, and I asked him what church he attends. And Julian told me a very sad story. He told me that he was a faithful leader in a Christian church with his wife. But one Sunday, while he was on his way to church, two men trying to rob them killed his wife right in front of him. That day, his life changed forever. Julian was very disappointed with God. So he gave up on God and, and the church, leading him to backslide. I was surprised by Julian's story, but God gave me wisdom so that I could explain Julian that even though his wife was murdered, she was embraced by God's love in heaven. And I told Julian that God also wanted him to embrace, to embrace him when he died, when he dies. So Julian reconciled with God that very moment. And when we become mindful of God's love for our lives, we have a wider perspective of God's, of God's purpose for us on earth. I will repeat that again. When we become mindful of God's, of God's love for us, we can get a better perspective on our purpose on earth. God's love never ends because God's love is the mightiest love. There is nothing that is able to break God's love for you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 38, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, neither the future, nor any powers can separate us from God's love. It doesn't matter the situation that you're going through. It doesn't matter the struggles that you're going through. I want to tell you, God embraces you with his love in a daily basis. Whenever you're going through hard times, God hugs you. And I want you, I want you to feel the love of God even while I'm preaching to you right now. God's love never changed. Why? Because God's love is graceful. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says, May the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And this is one of the reasons why we need to clean and focus on God's love. Because God's love never changes. When we as human beings, we offer love, our love is conditioned. The very day that I fail you, the very day that I hurt you, you might stop loving me. But God never stopped loving us because God's love never changed. God's love is unchangeable. There's nothing that you can do that make God stop from loving you. You don't make God to love you more today because you gave a generous offering. You don't make God to love you more or less because you're good or bad. God loves you no matter where you're going, no matter what's the pain that you're feeling in your heart. God always loves you. God always loves you. God loves you. So God's love is from above. And this is the difference between the type of love that people experience in a single day with the love of God. Because the love of God is coming from above the love of God coming from heaven. That's why it's a different love. It's an agape, agape love. It's an agape love. And love is not a feeling. Love is a person. And is the person of Jesus Christ. But this is what happened. As believers, we embrace the Lord Jesus. 
as our, as our Savior, and we believe that the only love that, that, that we have available is the love that made God to give his only son so that we can have salvation. But let me tell you, let me tell you this. As the person of Jesus is in your life, he wants you to experience the fullness of God's love. He wants you to experience the fullness of God's love. Hallelujah. How many of you give thanks to God because no matter the situation that's been happening in your life, God's been a great God to you. Say with me, thank you, God, because you've been an amazing God. Sometimes we look at God's love through the lens of our struggles, past mistakes, and bad experiences during our childhood. And then we have a dark definition of God's love. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And just like John said in the very first scripture that we read, if we are able to love, it's because God loved us first. If we are able to love, it's because Jesus is inside of us. So the more Jesus is inside of you, the greater will be the love that you manifest to other people. This is what everybody needs today. All we need is the love of God through the person of Jesus Christ. And through the years, I realized this truth more and more, that if every one of us starts asking God in prayer, give me your love, and give me the ability to embrace such love, because this is what happens. Sometimes the circumstances don't allow us to embrace the fullness of the love of God. And for that reason, we need to ask God, give me the ability so that I'm able to embrace God's fullness love. Because sometimes we receive that love partially. And he wants you to embrace the total abundant love of God through the person of Jesus Christ. For that reason, when Jesus was in front of the Samaritan, instead of accusing her because of her past, what Jesus, what Jesus did was to show compassionate because he is a compassionate God and his love is full of compassion. And that's what makes his love different and special. Because it's, a, it's love full of mercy. So many of us sometimes stay behind because we made this mistake or that mistake. And we stay back and suddenly we don't want to come back to church. We don't want to trust in the next person that God brings to our life. We don't want to dream again because that dream that we had in the past was dead because of the failures. And all these past things put us in a situation in which we just don't want to keep on going. And let me tell you in the name of the Lord, today God gives you a new opportunity to embrace his love again, once again. And once you embrace his love again, you'll be able to love again. You'll be able to trust again. You'll be able to believe for the miraculous power of God, which is ready to manifest in any area of your life. Thanksgiving, thank you very much for listening. Remember, in Dominican Republic, we love you. So we thought we'd just have a little Q&A time with Pastor Pedro as well um, today, tonight. So thanks for your great message, and uh, you never get tired of hearing about God's love. So I appreciate you, your you so inspiring much. words. But um, um, So many of us have been to the DR a few times, and uh, 
one of the things that maybe you notice when you're here in Bellevue, even as I drive home, I drive by like six different churches on the way home. Wow. I can turn on uh, Christian radio. You know, there's several channels. And uh, I know for many of us, um, sometimes we just can kind of become, I don't know how I used to say it, we just kind of mold into the culture because the Christian church is so, so much a part of the fabric of the culture. When, when people come to Christ in the Dominican Republic, and you've seen that, you've shared many stories of that, what are some of the changes that you see um, in their lives, in their family's life, even in their community that they're a part of? You could share a little bit about that. We, we see hope through their eyes. Mm. When a person comes to Jesus, he's not the same hopeless person. Mm. You see the hope of Christ in their eyes, and you can see brightness through, through all of that, of that person and how this person is able to interact through, that, through the community. It's, it's a great difference in their life because that's what Jesus does when somebody embraces mm -hmm. uh, God's love. You know, there's mm -hmm. hope and you can see that through their eyes. Awesome. So you, you've shared with us even in the past that even like medical care isn't quite as available as it is here. And um, I don't know if you have a story of um, I know you've shared with many of us over the years about some healing that's taken place in people's lives as they've experienced God's love. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Is, I yes. know you believe in healing because you've yes. prayed. And, yes. So. In, in, in Dominican Republic, the, the medical system is, is very difficult to have access. Uh, there's what we call private uh, clinics, uh, private hospitals that only people who are able to afford it, they are able to get into, into these places. So many of these people in Dominican Republic, the only hope that they have is that God is able to, to heal them. Mm. And one time I encountered this lady who had a, um, a little boy with a shorter, with a shorter feet. And before uh, finishing this, this testimony, I want to tell you that if any miracles happens, it's because God is the only one able to do miracles. Men mm. cannot do miracles. Only God is able by his grace and his favor mm. to do miracles. So I grabbed the, 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 the leg of the, of the little boy. What did you say what was wrong a, with a shorter, A shorter leg. Sh a shorter, shorter, a smaller. Oh, sure, I got you. Okay, yeah, sure, a smaller yeah. leg. Yeah. So okay. I, the lady told me with Christ in her eyes, the doctor said, there's nothing we can do. Mm. And, I, and I asked her, can I pray for your little boy? So when I started praying, the leg, before I finished praying, the leg was enlarged to the same size mm. of the other leg in front of her eyes and in front of the eyes of the people that were there. Mm. And this is what God do, does through, through, through his healing power. When mm. doctor says it is impossible, God said, I will be able to do it if we believe. Mm. Wow. That's a, yeah, isn't that a great? Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. I know in our American mindset, sometimes it's, we're skeptical of that kind of thing when we don't, we don't see it with our own eyes. So yeah. um, what are some of the challenges that you face in, 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 in sharing the gospel and, um, and um, just in your church life? And, you know, there's challenges that we all have here as we try to live out our Christian faith. What do you, how, how do you experience challenge? Well, one of the challenges that I face is that sometimes you telling people about this amazing God and they struggle, struggling even mm. with their basic needs, you yeah, know? Yeah. And sometimes, like you were saying, people start to, re to reasonably, you know, to think with their minds, with their logic, but what are you talking about if I'm going through this very... Uh, terrible uh, situation, you know, so it is a challenge, you know, so I ask you Thanksgiving to pray for us as we are in the lowest community of, of Puerto Plata and other regions of, of, of Latin America, Haiti, you know, telling these people about this Jesus who is able not only to save them, but is also able to restore them in every areas of, mm -hmm. of their lives. Yeah, so I think what I'm hearing you say too, it's when we share, we say God loves you, but mm -hmm. if we can help them, if they're hungry, yeah. if they're thirsty, uh -huh. if they're in prison, if they meet a physical need, they're a lot more open to, yeah. to God's love for their life. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, 
thinking about our partnership. We've, uh, Thanksgiving and, and, and your ministry of over 10 years now. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about it on the way over a little bit to services tonight. Tell us a little bit about what that means to the people back in the DR that are part of your church and even to you on a daily basis, knowing that yes. we're in partnership together. Yes, we, we thank God for you wonderful people. Uh, thank you so much. Because of your support, we'll be able, we, we've been able through the years not only to preach the gospel from the pulpit, but also to be able to go house by house and help people with, with food, mm. uh, go to the, to, the, to the elders, to the elders' home. You can see the image in the screen. Uh, we've been able to go to the, to the elders' home, rehab center, to bring food to them. And God is being glorified through that benevolence that we do in a weekly basis in, in, Dominican, in Dominican Republic. Because when you enter into some of these people's house and you come with the gospel, plus with a bag of food, hmm. hey, people are exciting, mm -hmm. exciting to hear. What is this Jesus you're talking about? Tell me right now, because I want to hear. I want that Jesus that made these people's hearts to be generous back in the States and also is opening the door for you to be able to do a greater impact in mm. our lives. Yeah, that's good. I, I like what you said. So the um, uh, way we talk about around here a lot, too, is that we love people, but then we also want to bring hope into their lives, yes. and that may be meeting a need. Jesus did it. You know, he, yeah. not, he not only was able to teach, but he was able to turn water into wine. That's right. You know, he yeah. was able to multiply the bread and the fish. And as, as the Church of Jesus in Latin America, especially in Dominican Republic, we've been able to find generous people, generous supporters like Thanksgiving in his steps ministries, Dennis and Marcia, so that we are able to reach out beyond the borders and beyond the walls of the church. Yeah, that's great. I think we have a short video clip of one of the opportunities there. This, was this our own mission team? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the team that was part of, of that. that was, that's the elder's home. Can you take it to someone? So an elderly home. They were able to bring food there. And, yes, yes. And, and, you know, that's a big concern here in America, too. How do we take care of our elderly? Mm -hmm. So this is a... These, these elders are very special because what Pastor Franklin did was he goes to the streets and he lifts up those elders that has been forsaken by their own relatives. Mm. Yeah, okay. These are not elders that family bring. No, it's elders that he picks up, you know, from the street. He brings from the street and put them in a shelter, in a safe place, and feed them and take care of them. They have no other place to go. There, there wouldn't be a place to go. There are private elders, but you need to have certain money to be able to put your loved one inside of there. But his one is a Christian elder home, mm -hmm. and they don't care if the person doesn't have any money for, for food. They bring it in and support them. Oh, great. That's great. Okay, final question, then we'll let you off the hook here, all right? <laughs> so we've been in a long series uh, talking about uh, God, that he would prepare our hearts to take new ground. And we've been talking about things like humility and courage and all those kinds of things, love. Um, tonight, um, we're talking about what it means to live purposefully, purposefully uh, to live in mission. And I wonder, um, I know that even, you know, even as a pastor, sometimes I feel like, oh, that's a, that's a little bit that's scary. That's, or I'm just too busy. You know, I've got my own stuff to do every day. And I, I wonder if you might just offer us a word of encouragement tonight. You're a missionary, but really, we're all missionaries, aren't we? And God's given us people in our lives. I don't know if you'd offer a word of encouragement about how, how, do we, how should we approach that in our thought life and our prayer life about wanting to reach our friends and, and family with the gospel. Yes, uh, if I would be in a society like the United States, if I would be as busy as you, the first thing that I would do, I would become a friend of the people that need Jesus. Hmm. You become a friend with them. There are multiple ways that, that in the past we didn't have, you know, like, like text, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, social media. You know, we become a friend of the person who needs Jesus first. And after we become a friend, then God will give us the time to share the gospel with them. Because when they see the difference, in your life, they will ask you, who are you? 
who is behind you to be such a person like that. Awesome, awesome. All right, so how can we pray for you? We're going to pray for you right now. Any one thing that maybe comes to mind that we can be praying for you tonight? Yes, please. Thank you so much. If you can pray for, for me and my wife, that every day God gives us the grace and his favor to keep on reaching out to the people. Because the type of people that we're reaching out is people, you know, out of people in prostitution, uh, through addiction, drugs. So we need that God gives us the grace and the favor every day so that we can keep on reaching all these people and that we never get tired. <laughs> because as ministers of God, sometimes we're tired and we don't want to do anything else. So that God help us to be up and running in a single day by his grace. Amen? Yep, we can identify with that. So that's good. So let's hold up our hands as we pray a blessing over Pedro. And, and Lord, uh, just so grateful we can call Pedro uh, uh, brother and Alba our sister and the three boys that you've blessed them with. We pray a special blessing upon their whole family tonight, God, that you would um, increase their dependence upon you each day so they would not be working from their own power and strength, but just from a free flow of the Holy Spirit in their lives. You would increase their favor. Um, God, the, the persons of peace, God, you would make them aware of, of who the people you're calling them to. And God, give them great confidence um, by your Spirit to, to, to reach out and to, to love the people, as we've heard about tonight, to bring people hope. Uh, God, then we know that faith is just a, a natural byproduct of loving and bringing hope. So God, thank you, and we pray for our partnership as we launch into the future, God, that we have much to learn from Pastor Pedro and his ministry, and we can have a reciprocal relationship of caring and, uh, for one another and supporting one another as we launch into the future. And we thank you for his presence with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.